We are on this Sunday going to speak about the spirit of Christmas. Because one of the things that we hear about so much this time of year is the spirit of Christmas. And it's interesting to see how everybody gets involved with the spirit of Christmas. And uh, I know, uh, especially in secular society, they're getting away from Christmas and uh, they just say happy holidays. But, But it's interesting, even though they won't say Christmas or Jesus is born, they still... Uh, project and put out those themes that we associate with Christmas, uh, giving, uh, hope, peace, uh, family, love, and of course, joy. And these are all wonderful things, and, and these are things that we think about this time of year, but I can't think in recent memories, uh, more so than these last two years, uh, that our society has needed more Peace, joy, love, family, um, giving all of these things that we associate with Christmas. And I think a lot of people desire that. You know, it, um, advertising seems to be um, pretty heavy as far as, and I know people want to sell things this time of year, and um, uh, I'm not one to, to watch these types of things, but I think uh, different people have had Christmas specials on uh, television or, or cable and uh, just to celebrate the, the time of year. And the world, I notice, is singing these themes of love and joy and hope and peace rather cheerfully. But I think it's more of a hope or, if I could say, a, a pipe dream I think a lot of people have been approaching Christmas and have really tried to immerse themselves in in the spirit of Christmas, so to speak, or the Christmas spirit, so to speak, as an escape from all the other stuff that is going on. Because there's a lot of crummy stuff that's going on, if I could use that term. As I mentioned, even though, you know, they're... You go into stores and there's wonderful decorations and all these wonderful signs and things. If you turn on the news, it's all gloom and doom. And of course, I mentioned this last week. Some of this is is kind of egged on uh, by uh, uh, people in the media. And so we need to be very, very careful. Um, I, I, I think as far as the, the news, uh, it's, it's like uh, a saying someone told me uh, uh, several years ago, you all probably heard, heard it. It was three sides to every story, your side, my side, and the truth. And I, I think that's the way with the news. One news perspective says this thing, one says that thing, and you got to kind of look and sift out and see what actually is going on uh, in the world today. But I think everyone can agree it's not too good And not just what's going on in society, all of us, and I'm not trying to put a downer on the season this morning, certainly not, but all of us are going through things. We prayed for families who are going through great sickness this morning. We prayed for families who have lost 
people. For some who have lost people, maybe not recently, but who have lost people who have been very, very close to them, you're grieving them this Christmas because that person who was so big in your life is no longer there. There may be other situations that are going on. We, we see people losing their jobs. Some are losing them because their jobs are, are moving out. I heard of one company, big company, just a few weeks ago, just announcing one day clear out of the blue that they were shutting down operations immediately and hundreds of people were going to be out of work before the holidays. Can you imagine not at least keeping them on through Christmas, just, just letting them go, giving them an uncertain future. And other personal things. And so the world is, is singing them, but it, you know, love, joy, and hope, but it's, it's really just kind of a momentary escape. And then this next Sunday, December 26th, reality will set back in. Well, probably not Sunday, probably Monday morning when people get back to work. And they notice not a whole lot of things have, have changed. But if you know Jesus, the spirit of Christmas, of love, joy, hope, peace, to not only be present in your life, it should be abounding in your life. Despite what's going on in society, and despite what's going on in your life personally, no matter what personal tragedy or hurt or burden that you're carrying. And the reason is this. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to this earth as a little baby to die for your sins so that you may be redeemed from sin, that you may be given a real, true, and everlasting hope for living, and a joyful, expectant attitude regarding your future, that future being eternity. There was a man who, when he met Jesus, had no idea what was going on. But when he met Jesus face to face, his life erupted with great joy. In fact, not only was he happy at the sight of seeing Jesus, he was at the point of contentment and happiness in his life where he was ready to die because he knew he would not experience anything greater than that. This man's name is Simeon, and we're going to read his story from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, this morning, beginning with verse 25. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, 
he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Let's bow our hearts this morning and let's ask God's blessing as we talk about the spirit of Christmas this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful, beautiful time of year. And we can celebrate your coming. God, as we do so this morning, we pray you would send the anointing of your Holy Spirit in this place. I pray you give words to this, your speaker today, and I pray you give us all ears to hear what your Holy Spirit wishes us to receive this morning so that we can know you, love you, appreciate you, serve you in a greater way. Not only this Christmas, but every day of the year. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise God. You know, it's sad to say, and I know there are, you know, a lot of people are, are finding this momentary escape of Christmas. And then the harsh reality of life begins, as I mentioned a few moments ago. But you know what I believe is almost an equal tragedy to this? That is that there are many believers in the Lord Jesus Christ who are looking forward to celebrating the holidays because they can you know, get together with family and friends and forget about what's going on. It's almost like Christmas is a vacation. How many love vacations? We just... <laughs> My wife was the only one who raised her hand. <laughs> And, and, you know, a vacation, I don't believe in staycation. I, I believe if you're going to enjoy a vacation, you go away. You get out of state. If possible, you get rid of your phone. You leave your troubles behind. And all you think about, Mel, you know what I'm talking about. You're on the beach. <laughs> I've seen your pictures. <laughs> And all you're thinking about, you're not worried about work or, you know, the, the, the little family things that are going on or anything. You're just in, enjoying life for those few moments, but then you're back. A lot of Christians aren't experiencing Christmas, this Christmas spirit all year long because Jesus just didn't die for December the 25th or Easter Sunday. Jesus died that we might have joy and our joy might be filled every day of the year until he comes and then it'll be even greater still. But we don't live that way. We allow cares 
and other pursuits to kind of choke out the joy that is within us. In fact, for some, Christmas is a drudgery because instead of focusing on Christ and that Christ came and what Christ has done for you, we're all too busy you know, worrying about this one getting that gift and, and baking these cookies and making sure we get to grandma's and Uncle Joe's and you know, this one and that one and, 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 and you know, up till midnight writing Christmas cards hoping we didn't forget anyone. That's not what Christmas is about. But the only way we can truly receive, embrace, understand, and live in the Christmas spirit is by having the spirit of Christmas living within us. That's what distinguished the man Simeon from everyone else associated with the Christmas story, Jesus coming into the world. He was a man who was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it filled his life with hope and joy. Now I've talked about a lot of different things, hope, peace, joy, all the things that are associated, but the thing we're really going to focus on this morning is joy. As I was writing this message, it just everything seemed to focus on joy, and I think there's a reason for that. Our culture is joyless, and may I say many in the body of Christ is joyless. And Jesus has come to remedy that. Amen. How many believe that this morning? We celebrate Jesus coming, but Jesus was not the only person in the Godhead and we believe in the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three in one, one God, three persons. It was the Father who sent the Son. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Jesus spoke often how he was doing the will of his Father. And the Holy Spirit was powerfully involved in in the conception of Jesus. The angel of the Lord speaking to Joseph, saying that which is conceived of her in her, when he heard that his exposed wife was carrying child, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. It was not a natural conception. She did not commit fornication, or really, adultery. The Bible says in the Gospel of Luke that the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, and the glory of God came upon her, and so she conceived Jesus, the Son of the living God. But the Holy Spirit just didn't check out then. He continued to minister. And the ministry that we see, especially in the life of this man, was the ministry of hope and joy. Because the Holy Spirit, when he's moving and working in the hearts of living hearts of individuals, ministers hope and joy and peace and love and forgiveness and all the things we so desperately need in our lives to be fully satisfied. Amen? Amen. 
One of the promises of the Holy Spirit is that of hope, and, and hope is associated, is closely associated for joy because many of the things that we are promised from God we have not yet received. I've not yet, I have eternal life, but I have not received it. I'm still in this old body. That's why I have to go have, you know, chemo. <laughs> I, I, I won't have to worry about that again. You know, in the, in the back of your mind, if you had cancer, you know, well, I get it again. There's a day coming. You know, whatever sickness you have, it'll be gone and never will come back again. But there's also the hope of, of, of eternal life. And, and, and this is when we live by genuine hope, and I'll define what I mean by that in just a moment. The, the natural uh, byproduct or, or, or outflow of that in your life when you're truly a hopeful person is that of joy. You're always happy. And may I say, I'm going to share the scripture, I think it's 1 Peter 1, 7, uh, a little bit later. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's a divine joy. Now, there are two kinds of hope that we can live by. There, one hope is an unsure hope. Some of you might be football fans. I don't know, I didn't watch it last night, but I checked the score of the Patriots game. And the Patriots were doing really, really good until last night. <laughs> if you're a Patriots fan, and Jim is relishing in it this morning, but we won't go there. If you're a Patriots fan, you, you hope the Patriots will go to the Super Bowl. But that hope is, eh, it's not a sure hope. It's a nervous Hope. It's a hope like someone has when, you know, something's wrong in their body. They don't know what it is. And so they go to the doctors and they say, well, we don't know. And so we have to run a series of tests. And so you're waiting on these tests. And you hope that the tests will become, will be negative and you'll be fine and there's no problems. But, you know, it's a nervous hope. But then there's a different hope, and it's a confident hope. It's an abiding hope. It's a hope that, that strengthens. And that it's a hope that, regardless of what is going on, just wells up within you abounding joy. And this is the hope that Simeon demonstrated because he was filled with the Spirit of Christmas, the Holy Spirit. We see this in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 26. The Bible says it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now at this time, Simeon was a Jew and the, and the Jewish people were, were under the, the, the occupation and under the authority of the Romans. They were not a free people. They were part of the Roman Empire and they were second class people in the Roman Empire. 
But Simeon knew the promises of God. And one of the promises of God was this. That someday God himself would send a deliverer, a Messiah, the Christ. In the Old Testament, Jesus is referred to them as the Messiah. In the New Testament, the Christ. Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. And I'm firmly convinced that Simeon knew this. But here comes in the powerful ministry of the Holy Spirit. Not only did he know that the Messiah was going to come, God, solely by the still, small voice of his Holy Spirit, quickened to the heart, mind, and spirit of Simeon himself, that he would not leave this earth until he saw the Christ child, the Messiah, the deliverer of Israel. This was a man who was full of hope. Why? Because he received a promise of God empowered by the spirit of the living God. Notice how... um, um, or, um, excuse me, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Um, and this is a key as far as you and I living in joy in our lives by, pe- by being people who are not only aware of, but because the Spirit of the living God is living within us in His fullness. We are filled with joyful promises, promises that bring joy. 2 Corinthians 1.20 saying, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen to the glory of God through us. You and I should be full of confident hope. Not unsure hope, you know, maybe Jesus will come. Maybe he won't. Maybe I'll get through this. Maybe I won't. Maybe there's heaven or maybe there isn't. I hope there is. He wants us out there joyfully being confirmed in our hearts that Jesus is there. Jesus is alive in our hearts. We are born again. We are children of God. He is going to get us through every situation and he's coming back for us again. Why? Because we have received these exceedingly great and precious promises. But this only happens if we're filled with the Spirit of Christmas, the Holy Spirit. It begins with this, the Word of God. And let me tell you today, no one has an excuse not to be reading and memorizing and meditating upon the promises of this wonderful, precious book that brings hope and joy. And I understand there are people who aren't great readers. I'm not, I'm not a great uh, handyman. Woodworking, you don't want me doing that because you get picture frames like this and that. You know, we all have different gifts and talents, but 
These days, you can listen to the Word of God. In fact, one of the things I I, I think has been lost in our Christian culture is the reading of the Word of God as a family. That was the staple years ago, but now we're, we're filled with, you know, not just television, but now we're filled with, you know, social media and all that. And, I, and, and that's something we really need to pray about as well because it's causing chaos in our schools. But that's another thing for another time. But right along with, with the Word of God, walking in the power and the presence and the fullness of his Holy Spirit each and every day. Because Jesus said, my words are spirit and my words are life in the Gospel of John. You know, and when we approach the Word of God spiritually, and what I mean by that, we just don't read you know, for head knowledge, although that's important. And we just don't read as far as our hearts to be encouraged. That's important too. And the Word of God definitely does that. But we prayerfully read and, and we ask God, make these words, these promises, these disciplines, corrections, these exhortations, everything that is in this book, the, these words of faith, make them part of my spirit. And not only do we have the promises here, just like Simeon, we have them in our heart. In fact, I thank God. I thank God I'm Pentecostal. Amen. But I thank God. <laughs> I thank God that God goes beyond his word. Now, don't, I'm not speaking heresy this morning. This is our final rule of authority. But God also gives words in due seasons. Amen? Amen. Sometimes, and I shared last week how uh, you know, the Lord spoke to me when I was first diagnosed, or shortly after I was diagnosed. Nothing's changed. That was the Holy Spirit. And sometimes, as I mentioned earlier, He, he speaks in a st- still, small voice. But there are other times he, he speaks very loudly. And, and not that he can't and doesn't speak in an audible voice. He certainly can and does. I have not experienced that personally myself. But sometimes in my spirit, I hear the shouts of the Lord. You can make it. You can do it. Stand still and see the salvation of God. Sometimes he speaks through dreams and visions. Sometimes through others, through words of prophecy or knowledge or wisdom. The spirit of Christmas is a speaking spirit because he's the Holy Spirit and he cares about you. Simeon was also someone who was led by the Christmas spirit, the Holy Spirit. Notice how everyone else in the Christmas story found out about Jesus. Joseph found out about Jesus in a dream. Mary, the angel Gabriel, came to her and told her. The wise men, there was a star up in the sky. 
Herod and the religious leaders, the wise men actually told them, they got it kind of third hand. The only person who didn't need any type of grandiose announcement that Jesus, the shepherds, they had the the angels, heavenly hosts, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill to men. The only one who didn't need this grandiose announcement that the Christ child was born was whom? The man who was filled with the spirit of Christmas, the Holy Spirit, the man, Simeon. And so on that day, the eighth day after his birth, when Jesus was brought to the temple to be circumcised, Luke 2.26 says that Simeon came by the Spirit in the temple. The Holy Spirit spoke, you need to go to the temple today. And he got up. How many of you have ever felt that in your life? The Holy Spirit just kind of speak to you and direct your ways. One reason why the Spirit of Christmas, the Holy Spirit, is the Spirit of joy and peace is because just like Simeon, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, He leads you and He guides you. Psalm 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and He delights in His way. Romans 8, 14, New Testament, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Let me ask you this morning, man, woman of God, How do you start your your day? There are two different ways. One is that unsure hope where because of everything is going on, you you hope everything's going to go well today. You're kind of, of, you're going out, you go outside the door and you're just looking around waiting for something to happen. I, I just hope I can make it through that nothing bad will happen to me. And because that's your mindset as you look forward towards the day, you're you're really not in a place of joy, which you really need to be for two purposes, which I haven't mentioned. Number one, to be someone who's rejoicing always. To rejoice is to be praising God joyfully. Number two, to be demonstrating that you are a new creation, that God has done something brand new and different in your life. I, I just hope I can make it. I just hope nothing goes bad, or you can have that confident hope that because God orders my footsteps, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Because God directs my day, even if I have to go through the valley of the shadow of death. Same person wrote, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, also wrote that even though I might go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That I am confident because in my life today, no matter what happens, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be glorified. Amen? And not only is he going to be glorified, but all things are going to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Even out of the most tragic situation, something good is going to happen. Your witness, your testimony of joy, the power and the deliverance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, Lazarus had to die before they seen the resurrection power of Jesus. 
So man or woman of God, are you a man and woman of the Spirit? Are you joyfully confident? Do you have peace of mind this day? Oh, I know there might be a pink slip when I get to work. I know I might get bad news from the family. But God is going to be glorified. Because this day is being ordered and directed by God. Very quickly now, two last points. The Holy Spirit is also a spirit of revelation. As I alluded to earlier, Simeon went to the temple, and apparently from the text, he got there first before Jesus got there. Verse 27 says, When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. I'd like to bring revelation to the Gentiles. He looked and he saw Jesus and there was nothing special about him. Here's this poor little couple. And they're bringing in Jesus and perhaps he was still in the the swaddling clothes or the, the cloths wrapped up. But because he was full of the Holy Spirit, he immediately recognized that this was the Christ. This was the deliverer. This little ordinary baby with this little ordinary family is no ordinary baby at all. He is the Son of God. And I know it. And it has transformed my life and given me peace that now I can depart this earth knowing that the Messiah has come. Let me tell you, I wasn't sure if the kids were going to be up here this morning when I was preaching. Probably good they weren't. (laughs) Why is that man yelling, Mommy? If I would ask the kids, how many are excited about Christmas? They would say, yeah. And I would ask, why are you excited? We're going to get presents. (laughs) Hey, I grew up in church. Let me tell you, presents was heavy on my mind. We did Jesus. It's changed since I got older, but as a little kid, you're thinking about. And isn't that joyful? Or isn't it joyful to get, you know, an unexpected blessing? To get a refund or to get a raise or to see an unexpected family member or meet a friend or something like that. Those are joyful things, a good report from the doctor. But the joy that we receive when we receive the revelation of the Holy Spirit is exponentially higher. It's an elevated joy. This, I have no doubt that Simeon was a man of joy because God promised, and he was like, he was, he was like the man Abraham, who when God made a promise, he believed And God credited him to righteousness. But this just took his joy to another level. And if we've truly received the Lord Jesus Christ, and no one can receive the Lord Jesus Christ outside of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that um, when, when Simon, Peter, confessed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, 
um, that uh, Jesus said to him, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. The Holy Spirit bears witness, Romans chapter 8, that we are the children of God. If you truly have received a revelation of Jesus and have received him, not everyone who receives this revelation receives it, but by faith have received him as your Lord and Savior. You should, in your life, have an elevated expression and experience of joy within your life because you have been given something that nothing in this world can give you. And that is complete absolution of your sins. All your wrongs, all your hurts, all your pains are washed away. Sickness and sorrows and the assurance of eternal life. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 puts it this way, just as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered in the heart of the man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. We, we end there a lot of times as, as far as the scripture, but let's read verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Don't stop at verse 9. I has not seen, you know, oh, we can't really know. Live in verse 10. And you can learn in verse 10, not only joyful about the little baby coming, but joyful that you've been redeemed. And the Lord is with you. So who can be against you? And Jesus is coming back for you. Live in the power of that because the Holy Spirit, if you're living and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, is revealing that to you. God is a God of revelation. And then lastly, just wrapping up everything into kind of a nice ball or package. The spirit of Christmas is the spirit of joy. Once again, 28 through 32, Simeon not just rejoiced, but Simeon, when he saw Jesus, picked him up. Imagine that happened today. A stranger come and take your baby. <laughs> Took him up in his arms, blessed God, and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Three things came out of, number one, being full of the Holy Spirit, being led of the Holy Spirit, receiving the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And that is spiritual joy, divine joy, holy joy. And that joy manifests itself. And this is a way we can test ourselves whether or not we're truly people of joy. Number one, we're truly people of praise. We get up, we're thanking God. I don't care if you've eaten your last meal and your oil tank is, is down to one-tenth. You get up and you're thanking God because you're redeemed. And God takes care of those things. 
I'm not minimizing those things. You're praising God. And number two, you're proclaiming Jesus. You know, the, this supernatural, this bubbly joy is not something that, that we need to hoard. Can't be greedy with our joy. Joy is something to be shared. And, and, and let me tell you, even before you speak about Jesus, people should know that there's something different about you, that there's a joy in your life. And, uh, and I know many of you, I've heard many people say that, you know, people will say there's something different or something different about you or why are you so happy? And people should be saying that for us if we are filled with the spirit of Christmas, the spirit of joy, the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy that is independent of circumstance, that is satisfying. And that as I mentioned earlier from 1 Peter 1, 8, not 7, joy that is unspeakable. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And this is what's great now. Simeon got to hold Jesus. Can you imagine holding Jesus? I can't imagine holding the Son of God. He held Jesus. Listen to what Peter says. You have not seen him, you love him, and though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy, inexpressible or unspeakable, and full of glory. It's a divine joy. It's a joy that just permeates your life. It's a joy, if I can put it this way, you just can't help. Because it comes from the deepest place within you. Not your mind, as important as it is. Not your heart. And I know we like to live by our hearts. Some people wear their hearts on their sleeves. But by a place that's even more deep and more genuine. That being your spirit. The very depth of your soul. And so it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. And let me tell you, I'm very tempted, but one, I don't want to look foolish, and number two, I don't want to trip. <laughs> it's, but it's enough of a joy to dance a jig before God. And let me tell you, Pentecostals back in the day used to do plenty of that shamelessly, and there is no shame in that. In the name of Jesus. So let me conclude by saying this this morning. This man, who obviously was someone of great faith, great hope, and great joy, achieved this solely because he was a man who was full, powerfully full, greatly filled with the Holy Spirit. There was a man... In Jerusalem, verse 25, Simeon. This man was just, devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Two things I'd like to say in closing this morning. First is this. I've heard many people say, and they've come to an intellectual place, 
where they agree with or, or at least understand who Jesus is. And that's important. The gospel is good news. It's, it's the preaching and teaching of the word of God. And they've seen people who have been genuinely transformed by receiving Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But they just don't have it within them genuinely to receive Christ by faith as their Lord and Savior. In fact, I heard, and this was a gentleman on the radio, and he had family members who were Christians, and he says, you know, you know, I, I see and I understand, and, and you know, I, I wish I could do that, but I just can't. And he's just being honest and sincere. And it's not, as some would say, you know, this person, you know, God just has chosen not to save. That's not it at all. The reason is this, he hasn't had yet that final and most important thing happen in his life, the revelation of Jesus Christ through the power and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You probably have some hard-hearted people in the circle of your life whom you love, and, you want, and you've begged and you've pleaded and you've prayed. Keep praying, but pray specifically this way the Holy Spirit would reveal Jesus to them. You've sowed the word. The word of God, I hope you sowed the word. The word of God will not return void. Now it's time to pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal himself just as he did. Just as he revealed Jesus to Simeon those many, many years ago. And believers this morning, brothers and sisters, Don't go one more day without joy because the Spirit of God is a spirit of joy. Ask God to fill you with His Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And you might say, well, how do you know? And we can get into things, um, you know, different signs such as speaking in tongues and those types of things. But let me just put it very simply and succinctly this way. You will know you are filled with the Holy Spirit because you will know. (laughs) There will be a definite change in your life. You will feel God, the presence of God, the power of God, and the Spirit of God more intensely than you ever experienced in your life. And you will be more excited about Jesus than you've ever been.